0: Hello listeners, welcome to the iJohnoclast, I'm your host, John A. Lancaster. For today's episode, I'm going to be discussing a rhetorical ploy I find prevalent amongst today's left-wing elites. That particular ploy I dub the Mark Twain trick. Now I use the name the Mark Twain trick based on a quote from the famous author which goes Never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience." Unquote. Now, a person would need a fair amount of self-awareness, discipline, and integrity to apply this advice while not devolving into dismissiveness or using it to mask a cowardly intellectual retreat. Unfortunately. Uh, that's what's being done with this advice today in the realm of social discourse. Now the Mark Twain trick works in a few phases. The first phase of the trick rests on the premise that the tricks employer's beliefs validate them as intellectually superior to the opposition. That is, if a person were to employ the Mark Twain trick, the first step would be to accept the premise that one's own intellectual position validates, or so I say solidifies them as intellectually superior, to all those who hold opposing views. This phase or step, or what have you? can be seen in the example of uh, some atheists who like to denigrate a christian's intelligence by virtue of their religious beliefs so say for example you may have a person who believes in god and maybe in a debate with a person who's an atheist a common ad hominem uh, in this setup would be to make the argument that the Christian is, or should I say, has a relatively low level of intelligence based on their supposedly asinine belief in a God, since God, according to this hypothetical atheist, cannot be scientifically proven. So, therefore, the Christian's intellectual uh, capacity is then called into question, which uh, furthermore calls into question any of the points being made. Now, of course, that's not the standard procedure of every single atheist or even most atheists, but it is a ploy that I've seen used. Another example could be extended into the political realm. If a person is getting into an argument, someone of an opposing ideology, a trick that is commonly seen is a person would denigrate the opposing person's ideology as idiotic and stupid. And therefore, paint the ideology holder as idiotic and stupid. Okay, so the second part of the uh, Mark Twain trick uh, rests on the premise that uh, those who disagree with the trick user are not only intellectually inferior, but stupid. See, so it's not that a person could be intelligent, but just less so than the mark twain trick employer is that this person is legitimately stupid idiotic mentally devoid of the intellectual capacity to argue the uh, refined points of the trick employer so any person who employs this method of skullduggery has already casted the opposition as a one of a neanderthal like level of intelligence all right so then the third point is that since the opposition is such a just a complete fool that they cannot be reasoned with and may be disregarded so those are the three steps it's that the uh, trick employers beliefs validate them as the intellectual superior in the discussion the second part goes that uh, those who disagree the opposition that is are not only the intellectual inferior but that they are idiots and then the third part is since these people are idiots they may be easily disregarded without addressing any sort of point because they're already invalid and the trick employer is of such a cognitive high standing that they need not waste their time with with such buffoonery with this process and play, we start to see certain developments that occur, which completely obscure opposing viewpoints without any intellectual merit or proof. An example of this would be the implication of falsehoods on the part of the opposing ideology holder. For example, there was an article that occurred in morning brew titled conservative social platform parlor is spreading election misinformation. Now this is a very brief article. It'll take about a minute to read. And in this article, the author is writing about parlor, the conservative libertarians answer to Twitter. Now, those of you who may not be aware, Parler does not fact check posts because Parler does not fact check posts. The author is insinuating that Parler is spreading election information. Now, there's no example used in this article about Parler spreading election misinformation. There's not a screenshot. There's not a link to any sort of posts. In particular, there's just the assumption that since parlor does not take the steps that Facebook and Twitter uses to uh, quote, limit the spread of misinformation and label misleading posts with context, unquote, that parlor spreading misinformation. So, because Parler appeals to people who have viewpoints that vary radically different from those prevalent on Twitter and those who work for Twitter and Facebook, they inherently must be spreading misinformation. Because people who hold viewpoints different from the big wigs and the movers and shakers over at Facebook and Twitter... they're not only wrong but they're stupid and they are so wrong and stupid that they need people like those who work at uh, twitter and facebook to correct them incessantly but because parlor doesn't have the practically omniscient fact checkers then anything that appears on that site can be considered incorrect and easily disregarded as misinformation as per the title of the article another fallacious method that can stem from the mark twain trick is browbeating oftentimes instead of addressing the intellectual points made by the opposition the mark twain trick employers simply berate them from some sort of contrived position of moral superiority again because the opposition's point is invalid based on their stupidity and so all that's left is to shide the person for their wrong-headedness an example would be those individuals who love the quote maryland governor larry hogan's demand to wear the damn mask if one believes that the science is absolutely settled on the mask debate and that the only intellectual viable position to take is that masks do quell the spread of covid 19 and one also rules out the presence of government tyranny in the mask mandates and then one will go further to employ the mark twain trick then anyone who opposes masks based on any grounds is again, positioned as an ignorant fool who warrants being cast away. Why argue with them? They're intellectually inferior. They're not going to bring up any sort of valid points. Just wear the damn mask. If there's no point that the opposition can bring up, which discredits the trick employers own stance, well, then there's nothing left for the opposer to do except concede to the position of the trick employer. The third outcome I see stemming from the Mark Twain trick is the use of ad hominem. I've seen this used during a heated discussion an associate of mine was having with a, with a leftist. My associate is of the libertarian persuasion. It was a discussion concerning Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The leftists made the claim that people who don't like AOC don't like her due to her race and gender. And my uh, libertarian associate brought up a point that there are minorities and women who don't like AOC based on her policies. And that there are many people who are white men who also simply do not like her based on her policies and personal ideology. In fact, the majority of people don't like her for those reasons. And the leftist responded by saying that anyone who does not like AOC doesn't like her because of a bigoted stance and that the minorities and the women who don't like her do so because they have internalized the uh, misogyny and bigotry and racism prevalent in the United States. The leftist then went on to say that AOC's policy recommendations are objectively beneficial to everyone and anyone who disagrees with them is simply doing so because of either racism or self-hatred. And so the libertarian asked him a real simple question. What? makes him certified to dictate what is good for any other individual besides himself. And his response was that individuals don't always know what's best for them, and the preferred case would be for someone to do what's best for them. And when the libertarian questioned this stance, he was casted as a buffoon simply because he was a libertarian, and libertarianism is the blight of political ideology therefore any point that my uh, libertarian colleague brought up was inherently invalid because libertarianism is inherently invalid any person who believes in that inherently invalid thought process is unequivocally a dunce and that was it the conversation quickly spiraled downward into name calling That was the only thing left to do. If anything the opposing side says is complete nonsense, there's no room left for rational discourse, because any point coming out of the opposing camp is inherently irrational. It's impossible to debate anyone who employs the Mark Twain trick, because the opposing side is predetermined to be Invalid by virtue of that side being in opposition It's no way around it One cannot get a point across When their point is ruled out of being correct from the outset So that leaves the question of how to deal with people who employ the Mark Twain trick I have two suggestions One stems from a quote from a texas-based movie director named mike osmond now i pulled this quote from a tweet he made uh, regarding a poem of mine which i think is especially valid during today's climate quote art is the language of the heart if you win hearts minds follow The Liberty Crowd needs to coalesce around and support its artists, for they are the vanguard making room for the message. So, if a person is employing the Mark Twain trick, they are ruling out arguments based on sheer intelligence. But what that means is there is room for points made through emotional appeal. So, one could wax on about personal sentiments. A person could paint a picture of the moral relevance of an opposing point and really appeal to the opposing side's personal feelings. Though, for the intellectual crowd who's more fact-oriented, that may not suffice. For them, there's the second point, which is appealing to the remnant. By remnant, I'm referring to a group of people that was designated by the late Libertarian writer Albert J. Nock, in a 1936 article titled, Isaiah's Job. Nock borrowed the biblical story of Isaiah and used it to make an analogy of the intellectual movement as he saw it in his time. I discovered this essay through an episode of the Tom Woods podcast. Nock states, I quote, The Lord commissioned the prophet to go out and warn the people of the wrath to come. Tell them what a worthless lot they are, he said. Tell them what is wrong and why and what is going to happen unless they have a change of heart and straighten up. Don't mince matters. Make it clear that they are positively down to their last chance. Give it to them good and strong and keep on giving it to them. I suppose perhaps I ought to tell you, he added, that it won't do any good. The official class and their intelligentsia will turn up their noses at you and the masses will not even listen. They will all keep on in their own ways until they carry everything down to destruction. And you will probably be lucky if you get out with your life. Isaiah had been very willing to take on the job. In fact, he asked for it. But the prospect put a new face on the situation. It raised the obvious question, why, if all that were so, if the enterprise were to be a failure from the start was there any sense in starting it ah the lord said you do not get the point there is a remnant there that you know nothing about they are obscure unorganized inarticulate each one rubbing along as best he can they need to be encouraged and braced up because when everything has gone completely to the dogs, they are the ones who will come back and build up a new society. And meanwhile, your preaching will reassure them and keep them hanging on. Your job is to take care of the remnant. So be off now and see about it. I believe that's a good place to end this episode. If you enjoyed this message, you can help out by leaving a like Sharing the Ijana class on social media, and spreading the word. More of my work can be found on my website, johnalancaster.com, where I post my essays, spoken word poems, and curated videos. The relevant links are in the description. Thank you for listening. God bless.